Oh my goodness, you crazy son of a bitch. Do you have any idea what you've just done? You've just discovered the Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour. This is the show that may or may not be an hour long based on your perceptive time and how much I've got to say. So strap yourselves in and prepare your ears for the journey of a lifetime as, as I introduce your host of the Martinless Rap Show Podcast Hour, me, you idiot. <laughs> well, welcome everybody to the Martinless Rap Show Podcast Hour. I am terribly excited to have all of you here. This is a really, really exciting day for, for me for several reasons, not the least of which today is Halloween 2015. Uh, my favorite holiday of the year, frankly, it's the best holiday of the year, but it's my very favorite holiday, holiday of the year, Halloween. And, uh, and so we decided, uh, and by we, I guess technically me, but you all showed up, uh, <laughs> we decided to do something really exciting and special for, for Halloween. So, uh, so, so first of all, it's Halloween. Uh, right now, what you're experiencing is this is the first ever live podcast in the history of the Marginless Draft Show Podcast Hour. Uh, so... Yeah, why not? Why not? That was primarily for proof on the microphone that I'm not talking to myself, <laughs> that there's actually other folks here that I'm talking to. And that's what makes this live, is that normally when I do a podcast, I'm, I'm generally sitting alone by myself in a room hoping somebody hears the, what's coming out on the other end of it. Here we actually have an audience, which is very, very exciting. Uh, but beyond this being the first ever live podcast in the history of the Martin Luther Show podcast hour which you're not crazy, that is a very long, awkward name, which I, <laughs> which I did on purpose. I thought it was funny until I had to keep telling people what it was and nobody could remember it. But at, at any rate, this is, right now, this is episode 100 of the Martin Lestrop Show Podcast Hour. And I can see your faces, not right away. I know what you're thinking is, he's done 99 of these things, and we've never heard of it. You had no idea, and I don't take it personally. Uh, in fact, you might not even know what a podcast is, which, which is fine. It's just, it's just this, just me talking. Eventually, there'll be some other voices. Uh, if you haven't listened, if you, did, if you didn't know about the show, then this is basically your first time. This may as well be episode one, which is cool, and just pretend that the previous 99 are like a prequel. So, so the first, it'll be like Star Wars, except like way better than, than, than those prequels. Just go back and listen. So for you guys, this is the first episode. For everybody else listening, this is episode uh, episode 100. But beyond today being Halloween, and beyond this being uh, the, the first ever live podcast uh, of, of my particular show, uh, and besides this being episode 100, the primary reason that you all were kind enough to join uh, join me here today is because today, uh, October, October 31st, 2015, is the publication of my fourth novel, uh, the, the Vampire, The Hunter, and Frank, uh, which is also the conclusion of my Vampire Trilogy, the Vampire and the Hunter Trilogy. Uh, and so, uh, and, and so, so that's why we, we wanted to do the podcast. Uh, I, I very specifically picked Halloween to publish it on, because as I told you, it's my very favorite holiday of the year. Um, but those of you who are, who are in attendance right now, because again, uh, once we leave here, you, you probably noticed that, there, that there's microphones and a very talented producer sitting next to me. So we're recording the show, which means uh, you'll be able to listen to this every day, which you should do. You should listen to this every day if you're driving in traffic, if you're on the treadmill, if you're doing dishes. Just listen to episode 100 all the time. But 
but, 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 but beyond me, uh, I'm not going to talk by myself. Uh, sitting right next to me, uh, well, I guess not next to me, uh, sitting next to my producer, you know what, by the way, I'm not, he has a name. I'm acting like he doesn't have a name. Uh, this is the very, very talented producer. His name is Anthony Ray Bench. Uh, if for those of you who, yeah, round of applause for Anthony. Aside from being uh, aside from being the very talented producer of episode 100, he's also the official comic book expert of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. So for those of you who listen to the show, uh, I love comic books. And Anthony, he's kind of like, uh, I, I call him my Yoda a little bit. He kind of helps teach me about comic books and tells me, he gives me homework assignments, tells me to read certain comic books, I read them, and then we talk about them. He's great. So, so he's here. But next to Anthony uh, is, is, uh, is, is my big brother. I keep touching, this isn't my brother, it's Anthony. <laughs> uh, this is my big brother, uh, Greg Lestraps, and what he's going to do is uh, he's going to go ahead and explain why he's sitting here at this table with me. So, so Greg, I think that's enough of an introduction. Yeah, that's enough of an introduction. I was just waiting for applause. <laughs> Thank you. Thank no, you very no, no. much. Don't, Thank you very much. Don't, no, 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 no. This don't, is how it's going to go. Don't encourage him. He's this been, is how it's going to go. You know, how it ha you know what happens when I'm on the show. I do know what happens when you're on yeah, the show. Yeah, but they don't know what happens when I'm on the show. <laughs> but every, our listeners hopefully will because I've been on, uh, they, they should have. Uh, At this point, you've been on, like I think, that. like three times, two or three times. Yeah, two something or three like times. That. So, yeah, so there's that. But I, I think I should, you know, for those of you here. Uh, Martin and I share uh, a lifetime of collaboration, I think. I was just telling yeah. you, um, not you, but Martin. <laughs> Anthony? Uh, just, you were telling Anthony. I was telling Anthony. I may have to, maybe I told him. I don't know. Whatever. But, but when Martin was five years old, uh, I used to collect comic books. And, uh, I would, and I also had an interest in recording. And I had a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder and cassette recorder. I had all kinds of gear. Way more gear than a 10-year-old should have. <laughs> But, uh, but I used to take the comic books, and I would recruit Martin, and I would direct him in performing the comic books. <laughs> and he couldn't read at the time. He was like three or four years old. So we did it like two, three words at a time. <laughs> so I'd say, now say this. Go. And then I would hit record and then pause. Perfect. Now say these three words. And it went on like that. And, it kind of, and that's how he does the podcast, too, actually. <laughs> I just sit... On this side of the Wait mic. Wait a minute. And uh, you, you don't see me there because it's a podcast. It's the beauty of the medium. I'm but, still um, waiting to get paid for those, for those readings, by the way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, I just, I, I've been on the show. And, and after spending hours being <laughs> interrogated by this chump, I thought it was time that we turn the tables, turn the mic on Martin, because he is so fascinating, if he is to be, <laughs> be believed. Uh, we want to know uh, what makes Martin tick, right? Yeah. yeah. What? What? How does you know he writes these books? What words? What are they? How do you know when to put this word in front of that word? How do you know when to start a chapter? When to end a chapter? How do you know when you're done with a book? How do you know cannibals, vampires? What? So Martin, I think this is where the interview starts. Uh, well, you're interviewing me. Yeah, that's I'm. Oh, that's what I was getting at. I guess I didn't mention that. I'm going to be interviewing Martin. Martin is the guest of his own show. Finally, it's, finally, it's 100 episodes. Every, I said we need to do something special. Everybody's been asking for. I it. I need to find like the biggest and the best author I can yeah. to be featured well, on no, episode 100. Funny story though. When he asked me to interview, I was like, "Oh, great! I can line up some big names." 
and <laughs> get somebody really interesting to interview on Martin's podcast. But then he told me, uh, no, you're going to be interviewing me. So then I had to call back Meryl Streep and <laughs> say thank you, but maybe next year we'll figure it you out. You guys so, wouldn't have enjoyed her anyway. It's, you're, you're better off no, for it. No, she's not nearly she's as entertaining she's, as Martin. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so we're here to talk about the Vampire and the Hunter trilogy, as Martin told you. The, uh, this is the, the release of the final installment of the Vampire and the Hunter trilogy. Now, let's go through these. Okay. Uh, let's do a little word association. I'm going to say a book title, and you're going to say the first word that comes to mind about that book title. Uh, just one word at a time? One word. All right. One word per title. Okay. All right. Ready. The Vampire, the Hunter, and the Girl. Brilliant. <laughs> Book number two, The Vampire, the Hunter, and the Witch. I can... More brilliant. One word. Oh, um... Brillianter. Good. <laughs> and book number three, the one we're here to celebrate and uh, get signed copies of and give Martin lots of money to give to strippers. <laughs> the Vampire, the Hunter, and Frank. Brilliant-ish? <laughs> good. That's a good finish to uh, to a good series. You want to finish a series like you know, unsure of if it's any good, right? Yeah, that's definitely that's, like, that's yeah. definitely how you want to do it. So finish um, mediocre. Yeah. <laughs> so I think um, the first thing that I thought when you told me about that you were going to start working on this, um, why vampires? There have been... I'm not done okay. my question. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, there have been a few vampire projects in the past. Mm. Books, movies, comic books, uh, songs, probably. probably. <laughs> Why vampires? What, what did you feel was missing that you had to contribute to the genre? <laughs> well, first and foremost, the, the main thing that was missing was a vampire novel with my name on it. And so I figured... Mm. Yeah. Right away, we That's could start. Nice. Yeah. We, we could start there. Uh, I well, I guess I can start with. I love vampires. Which uh, for for anybody, if, if you know me even a little bit, you probably already know that I, that I, that I love vampires. Uh, every year for Halloween, I dress up as a as a vampire. Or well, since two thousand and ten, today technically, I have a, I have a Halloween costume, but my my vampire tooth broke. I had these two beautiful That's like vampire. The saddest two. story, I've isn't ever it the heard. worst? So, so my I was going to be the vampire, vampire author was my costume today, Aww. but I have no teeth, so I'm just an author. That's my Halloween costume. Can we get an awe for Martin? Aww. Yeah, why not? Which is great because now you guys are on the show again. The more yeah. noise you make, you're on the show. The I'm going to bring you into the show. He told me not to. I did. He said, "Screw them. I did. They're here to listen." And I said, "No." No, they're a part of the show too. In Martin. fact, I tried to get my dad to build like a soundproof booth that we could record in, but no. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I got, no, I shut that down immediately. <laughs> so, what, so what's, what was the biggest challenge in writing uh, a vampire? Well, first of all, yeah. it's a trilogy. It's not like you just said, I'm going to write a vampire book. No, you wanted to write three vampire <laughs> books. Did you know that from the beginning that it was going to be three stories? I, I had no idea. In fact, my, my initial thought was it was going to be one book. And well, I, you originally told me it was going to be a poem. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. A haiku. Yeah. A vampire haiku. Haiku. And what's that? What's that? Like five, and, five words? Snowballed. Yeah. Once I got to like eight <laughs> haikus words. Haikus are five words. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. But once I got to six, I said, this isn't stopping. It's like a, it, it, it's an avalanche of words. Once I got to words six and seven. Yeah. I said, it's got to be a book. So it was going to be one book. And my, my initial, I, I, I had no idea if I was going to actually 
finish it because I started writing the book uh, while I was in the process of uh, publishing Inside the Outside. So I, I wanted to start a new project. I, I kind of wanted to, I just wanted to write just to kind of keep my writing muscles, um, you know, strong and moving. And I'd always wanted to write a vampire story because, um, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, I, since I'm a kid, I really love vampires, whether it's, um, well, I guess my first, the, the first memory I think of whenever I think of vampires is I think of George Hamilton in Love oh, at First Bite. Love that which movie. Which is a, and so uh, not available on uh, Blu-ray yet. It should be. That should that's going to have to be an episode for of, uh, years. I thought that was like the Dracula movie. Like I thought that was like no. The well, you know what? You're right. That was the. Uh, <laughs> and then I found movie. out later there was like Bella Lugosi. What's his name? And then whatever. Yeah. But George Hamilton. That's my blah, Dracula. Blah, blah. George Hamilton. Uh, so I love that. Uh, then like later when I was uh, in, in college, I discovered Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which. Uh, absolutely took over my life. I'm still, to this day, obsessed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think it was on for seven seasons. I've seen every episode at least twice, and honestly, probably more than that. Now, you know what? This is this is interesting, because you do... I'm a regular listener, as are all of you, of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour. and But for some reason, I accidentally keep not listening to the Buffy episodes. Yeah. And so is she like a co-host or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, for, I... Who is I, this Buffy that you talk about? I, I was well. Her name is Buffy Summers. Okay, and she's a she's a vampire slayer. She, she lives. Hot? She uh, yeah. She's Single? very she's very she, she's dating. Uh, she's in love with a vampire named Angel. So I don't know if oh, you have a chance. Okay. He's not around during the day though. Okay. So if you catch her <laughs> during the day, you probably have a chance. All right. Good. And so uh, <laughs> uh, he's referring to every every uh, every couple of weeks. I do an episode devoted to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Which uh, he he listens a lot, and then I ask him about the Buffy ones, and he has no idea what I'm talking about. So uh, so, I, so I love Buffy, I love no. George Hamilton, and so I was uh, I love uh, True Blood for two and a half seasons. Was George <laughs> Hamilton ever on Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Has, was he a guest? No, he was on Dancing with the Stars. Can you make that, that happen? Can can you get him into the comic books? comic book seasons for the sake for the sake of this conversation absolutely you like how i yeah. knew didn't know anything about buffy but i knew that they had comic books for the seasons after the show and that, that was nice how you dropped that in there thank you very much so, so what are no let me no I, i'm no, not you, gonna let you, you finish to, this is how many times do i have to explain this the show goes i'm the host he now. Did, uh, i'm the de facto host all right you were saying <laughs> so uh inside the outside was coming out and i wanted to work on something so I thought, well, let me write a vampire story. I didn't, I didn't have a character. I didn't have a story. I had no idea. All I had was this, I, just this, I love vampires, so let, let me see what I come up with. I, had, I didn't even know if I was going to get past a page. So I sat down, and um, I did start, just off the top of my head, just started writing a chapter. And I, I, it could have been a chapter. It could have been a short story. It could have been a haiku. I really had no plans for it whatsoever. Um, the, the first line I wrote, I, I figured if I was reading a vampire novel... I would want to get to something exciting right away. So the first thing that happens is uh, uh, one of my main characters, Olivia, she gets uh, she she gets bit by a vampire named Adam. And so that's all I had. I had a vampire, I had a girl. He bit her at, in the middle of a park. And then what happens next? And so I wrote for a little while. And then once I kind of got what felt like a chapter, I said, well, that sounds pretty good. And so I thought, well, there should be a vampire hunter involved. So I, I started a new chapter and I uh, created a vampire. His name is Jesus, the Mexican vampire hunter, if you haven't read the book. <laughs> Um, he's wonderful. I love him. Uh, so I wrote a chapter with him. And once I got those two chapters, I kind of felt like, I think there might be something here. This might be something that I could keep exploring and maybe there's a book here. So beyond vampires themselves, um, I, 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 uh, I read a lot of Stephen King books and 
one thing that I was always really impressed by with Stephen King is occasionally, more than occasionally, he'll have these really huge, like, thousand-page tomes that are, like, super heavy. Uh, like, heavy physically, not heavy, like, philosophically. Uh, and, I, and, like, his, he had a book a couple years ago, I think it was called Under the Dome, and I was at Costco when I saw it. I've seen the TV show. Is it good? I haven't I seen it. I saw the first season. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my, our, my, our producer doesn't like it. Okay, so. fine. I haven't watched the second season. <laughs> so I, I was at Costco. I picked up Under the Dome, and, like, literally just to peruse the pages, like, my arm got tired. Like, that's how big the book was. And I was like, I wonder if I could do that. I wonder if I could make people's arms tired in Costco mm-hmm. because my book is too heavy. So that was the goal, is I mm-hmm. want to write a book like minimum a thousand pages, possibly longer than that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Do you and ever worry about making your listeners' ears tired? Never. I had a feeling. <laughs> never. This is like this is the, the audio version of my thousand page book. <laughs> so uh, you're the Stephen King of podcasts. <laughs> that's uh, that's what that's uh, yeah whatever fuck it. So anyway, <laughs> um, so I did the first draft and it was like uh, it was you know over a thousand pages or so, and I, I have no idea if the first draft was any good, but but I felt good about it. But then following that, I thought, you know, thinking in terms of being an independent publisher, I don't think I have any idea how to actually publish a thousand-page book. So maybe I could just break this book up. So, so I wrote one big draft. I, 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 I messed around with the idea of breaking it up. Um, once I found what I felt like were reasonably good breaking points for, for each book, uh, I split it up. And then, uh, then I went back to work, and I kind of fleshed out each book. So it's a trilogy today. But originally, I really thought I was just writing one book. You originally thought you were writing a haiku. Yes. Then a poem. Then a poem. Then a short story. Short story. Novel. novel trilogy, trilogy. Podcast. Got it. Got it. Got it. So in writing about vampires, so so much has been written uh, about vampires. So many, there's so much uh, content about vampires. And vampires have a very uh, specific mythology and sp- uh, specific things that we expect Mm -hmm. uh so how did you approach that because you i don't know if you guys know this but martin lestrade is a rule breaker (laughs) this guy is the rebel with a cause (laughs) he follows no rules how does a guy like you a maverick (laughs) handle uh, having to deal with vampire rules uh what i what i well because i love like vampires for example vampires can't drink gatorade Right. Wait. What do you do with that? <laughs> do you follow? Are you strict about That's, that? That's you know the Gatorade. I I took some liberties and I decided to to make it was okay for them to drink Gatorade. Okay, good. Uh, but beyond that, because I, I do love vampires and I do love the vampire mythology, uh, whatever that even means. I say it because it sounds smart, but if you ask <laughs> me to explain it, I couldn't. <laughs> but I love the vampire mythology, uh, insofar as like you know they can't go out during the day and garlic hurts and they can't touch silver. And uh, or depending if, if uh, Stephanie Myers is writing it, uh, they can go out during the day, but they sparkle. But that's that's her deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I did want to, I, I just I, I did want to honor certain parts of the mythology because because I am a fan of it. But being a maverick, as Greg uh, described mm. me as, mm-hmm. I, I did also want to. Everybody describes you that way. Really? It's not just me. I need to get on Facebook oh, more. You I had need no to idea. Get on the internet, buddy. What's that? Good question. <laughs> can I Google yeah. that? Speaking of good questions, <laughs> let's talk about your process. All right. Um, okay, so you have this, you write a thousand page vampire tome. Sure. When you started that, now I've, Martin and I have collaborated as writers as well, so I already kind of know the answer to this. <laughs> so, but I'm going to pretend that I don't. Do you know how the book's going to end before you start it? Uh, if, if I can help it, I absolutely know how the book is going to end. 
Um, as far as as far as uh, the the vampire trilogy goes, um, I, I I outlined the the whole book. I mean, you know, it's it's a loose outline. Like I'm not married to it, but you know, I have a pretty good idea. No, you're married to Chanel. That's Let's true. Let's hear it for Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chanel's here. Chanel, just try getting close to this mic, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Chanel, she's my occasional co-host for anybody who listens to the yeah, show. Yeah, occasional, like not today. <laughs> it's all about this guy. <laughs> so I, um, so I, I did have an outline, and I, I, I knew more or less who the main characters were, and I knew more or less how the book was going to go. But uh, for this particular trilogy, for the longest time, I couldn't figure out how it ended. I knew how I, I knew how, how I wanted it to end, and it, like. It, here, I'm going to answer this question as much as I can without... You know what? Why don't you just start from the beginning? Because I wasn't catching any of it. <laughs> I stopped listening. I was getting water. How dare you? All right. No, that's all right. I, well, they, they, they look like they're listening, so I'm going to pretend like you guys were listening. I could so, replay it for you if you want. Have, can we, take, can we yeah. pause this whole don't, thing? Just to, stay out of this, Anthony. Who's the host? <laughs> you were saying. <laughs> so, uh, so basically, uh, the, the, there, there's this big, scary, dangerous monster in, in the trilogy. His name is Frank, because that was like the scariest, you know, most name I could think of, right? Frank. And <laughs> By the way, no spoilers, by the way. None whatsoever. Because okay. again, because book three just came out today, so no spoilers. So I can say this. Okay. Um, I had this big, scary, dangerous vampire, and I thought, oh, this is great. Uh, I'll make him just as, as dangerous as I can, and then, uh, then I'll let my heroes figure out what to do with him. But the problem was, I made him so big and dangerous that as a writer, I couldn't think of a reasonable way for how they were gonna <laughs> defeat him. And I would like literally, I would be, I would go to bed at night and I would stare at the ceiling. It's like, how the hell are they gonna beat Frank? Are they gonna beat Frank? I can't think of any way that they're gonna beat Frank. And I'd be like, like in in the shower, like crying. It's like, I, 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 this is maybe maybe I can write Frank out of the book. Like so, maybe. <laughs> so how do they do it? Oh, that's so a trick question. No oh. spoilers. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna catch on to you soon. Yeah. So anyway, eventually, I did. I'll, I'll say this: I figured out how the trilogy would end. What happens with Frank? I have no idea. I haven't read the book, but, um, but I eventually figured out something that I that I liked, and I kind of wrote my wrote myself into that direction. Okay. So. Your first novel that most people don't know about. Everybody thinks Inside the Outside was your first novel. Your first Uh-oh. novel was actually about little people. It was called Don't Call Me Shrimp. <laughs> Go, look, You can find it on eBay somewhere. So you've done that. You've done Cannibals in Inside the Outside. Uh-huh. You've done Vampires now. Yeah. So uh, what's next? Fairies? Because that's where True Blood lost me. That is where True don't, Blood... Yes. Well, you know what? True Blood lost me before the fairies. Although yeah. that, you know... I was, okay, so whatever. Do you guys like True Blood? I won't ruin it for you if you like it. If you like it, show of hands, who likes True Blood? Actually, no, this is a podcast. Cheer if you like True Blood. Oh, wow. Damn. Wow. All right. Damn. True Blood got owned. Man. Uh, (laughs) So anyway, so you know, I'll I'll just keep this short because they don't want to hear about True Blood. They don't care about True Blood. Um, (laughs) Cheer if you know what True Blood is. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, good, good. How about The Sopranos? <laughs> okay, good. I see where we're at. Do you want to keep going? I've got, I know all the HBO shows. <laughs> uh, okay, so you asked a question, right? Probably. 
fairies. Fairies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like my next, the, the next what's thing. The I'm, ne- what's the next book? What are you gonna do next? Uh, so, that, so my next novel. Um, I, with the exception of right now, sitting next to to Greg and Anthony and talking to you guys, mm-hmm. I am currently working on my next novel. Um, somewhere in the area of seventeen or eighteen chapters into it. Um, it is. It, it's a circus novel. I can tell you that much. Uh, it's not exactly a horror novel, so I'm going a little bit away from cannibals and vampires. Mm-hmm. There's certain elements of fantasy involved, but I wouldn't call it a fantasy novel. Um, I'll, I'll tell you this much about the story. I mean, I could probably spoil it because it's not going to come out for a couple years, but I'll whatever. So, uh, so my main character, his name is Grover Wilcox, and uh, he finds out through uh, through an accident in his kitchen while he's making he's making lunch. He catches himself on fire because he's very clumsy. And is completely engulfed in flames, and he's panicking, as, as any of you might if you're caught on fire. And then once he manages to put himself out, he realizes that he's completely unharmed. Um, and so where maybe somebody else, they might say to themselves, I think I have a superpower. I should do something good with this. My character thinks, I have this crazy power. I should join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's what he does. So the book, it's called Grover Wilcox Goes to the Circus. And it's about this guy. He has absolutely no talent whatsoever, except he's impervious to fire. So, uh, so, the, so the circus, he joins the circus. They build a whole thing around him. Uh, there's a really wonderful villain in there. There's a, there's a love interest who's also a fortune teller. Uh, there is, um, there's a strong man who's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Handsome Harry, the world's prettiest strong man. You'll like him. You'll meet him in a couple years. Um, so I'm working on that right now. Well, I can't wait. My goal is to have the book out in 2017. Whether or not that happens, we'll, right. we'll find out. But if That's that doesn't goal. happen, just pretend that we didn't... We can cut this out, right? No. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this, but Martin does not edit his podcast. <laughs> if you're a listener, you know that. So no. I, no if I Same rules it. apply. Something no. else, you didn't ask, but you know what? Whatever. Next year, uh, 2016, uh-huh. it's actually going to be the five-year anniversary of my first novel, Inside the Aww. Outside. Uh, get him, give him another aw. Aw. No, not applause. Aw. I like the applause. Whatever. It makes me feel good. Fine. So what I plan on doing is uh, for the five-year anniversary, uh, I'm going to put out a, a special edition of Inside the Outside. So there'll be a, a new cover, and um, I'll, I'll probably nice. I'll probably go through and cross a few of the T's that maybe didn't get crossed. All right. Thought a few I's that I forgot. You can add for- some characters? How dare you? <laughs> Take out some characters? I have some notes. <laughs> the book, the, the the book is fine. Fine. People fine, like fine. the book. Except People for, like the book. And speaking, except what? for the person on Amazon, I don't. If, if you have time, yeah. And and I encourage you to do it. Uh, go to Amazon.com. Look up inside the outside. It's gotten really nice reviews. There is one one star review. I was drunk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was you. I didn't want to say anything in front of the people. There's one one-star review, and holy cow, it's a doozy. It's not even just, it's like, because you, know, you go on Amazon, you might get two or three sentences. This one-star review, I did a word count, because I was curious, like 800 words. They, they wrote an essay. They wrote like a, like a five-page essay about how much they hated my book. And it was so thorough, I don't even think I was offended by it. I was like, Wow. They thought about they it. They really, you know what? They spent time thinking about this. Yeah. So they can have that. So, you know, so I, I, I forgot how I got there. But yeah, that reviewer probably doesn't care about the special edition. I think you were about to ask your live audience to go troll this person. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm not telling you guys what to do. I'm not even going to tell you that there's a section to comment on reviews. I'm not telling you that. 
But you know what? I am going to tell you what to do. Like I told you, I'm, I'm opening this up to the crowd. I want you guys to be a part of the show. So if anybody has a question, let's see if uh, somebody uh, have a question for Martin that they just can't live without knowing the answer to. All right. Yes. Over here. He has a general question. I'm going to repeat. I'm going to say it in the microphone. Do I want him to go three words time? Uh, would, would you be nice to our guests? They're not going to come back. We barely got them there here today. No shit. <laughs> He wants to know whether there is a topic that you're afraid that you're too big of a coward to write about. <laughs> I'm going to also translate. Okay, I'll what they actually debate them. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. Like, well, the one thing that that I'm that I always get nervous writing about is like anything that happened before I was born makes me terribly nervous because I was a horrible history student. So uh, and so, you you might notice that, that like all of my books generally happen today because I'm I'm good on today. If it happened today, I'm very comfortable writing about it. If it happened before December 9th, nineteen seventy seven, which by the way that's my birthday coming up, I'll, I'll give you a forwarding address for gifts. <laughs> Anything before that makes me really really nervous. I so I on the one hand I kind of avoid it, but I don't avoid it completely. So for for example. Uh, anybody who's read book two of the trilogy, one of my vampires was in human form. He was born in like the 1800s. And and so when I did that, in part, it was sort of challenging a, a fear for myself of tackling, like it's not historical fiction, like people who write whole books that take place in a completely different century. Like Give I, us I, an example. <laughs> uh, Wicked. What I, I have no I well I know Quentin Tarantino's new movie takes place in like the 1800s. That's okay. not a book though. Good. But, but, you know, whatever. Fair enough. Fair so enough. something Good. like Move that. On. So um so so this particular character uh, he he was born in a well he was born in Rancho Cucamonga except in the, which is where I grew up. But in the 1800s it wasn't Rancho Cucamonga yet. So I took that as a, as an opportunity to do some research, figure out what this place looked like. Mm. Before, when it was still, I think it was still uh, owned by Mexico or something like that. It wasn't quite California yet. And so I did some research with that and then kind of made that part of the book. It was ultimately, it was only one chapter because that's about, that's, that's about as much as I could do without feeling like I was going to fall off the tightrope. But that said, I would say anything historical. Actually, you know what? I, now that I think about it. Are there tightropes in your new circus book? Yes, there actually is. I, there's, there's a tightrope rocker. See how I did that? Uh, that's a good host. I can't. <laughs> I can't think of it. There's everybody. There's clowns. There's a tightrope walker. There's nice. a strong man. There's a fortune teller. There's a really scary, evil ringmaster. Oh, you guys are going to love it in like two years. It's kind of like, like how I've been waiting for Batman versus Superman for like the last mm. 20 years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you guys, well, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I was, oh, well, science fiction. That, that was my answer. I adore science fiction. You I hate would, science. I do. No, I'm just not good at it. Oh, okay. I love I I would I you, do, you don't acknowledge its existence. I would I write say. like Star Wars science fiction, right? Where you completely where you make it up. completely unreasonable, completely up made up. Yeah. This thing lights up. That's cool. How does it work? I don't know. Right. It just but, does. Yeah. So I would love to write science fiction, but I would be terrified to actually do it and get mm. it wrong. Okay. So this is interesting. So you asked this question. It was a great question. Thank you very much. And this is why I wanted to do the audience Q&A against your wishes <laughs> because that made your question led to him saying something. Gave me a question that I want an answer to. What do we call that? 
Synergy. Synergy. Martin, <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga. Uh-huh. All of your novels so far have uh, Rancho Cucamonga has been the central location. Now I know that uh, you were raised here mm-hmm. uh, and that you have lived here for many years, mm-hmm. but you know there are other places in the world. Why know. Rancho Cucamonga? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> uh, well, Burbank. Well, let me start with this. Let me start with this. So for anybody who doesn't like, I was. I mean, I was just short of being born here. I was raised here, but I wasn't born here. I was born. Somewhere vaguely in Orange County, mm-hmm. and you're and, actually vaguely born too. Yeah, and so not that long ago, like li- literally months ago, less than a year ago, I was having lunch with my mother, and I said to myself, "You know what? You should have lunch with her more often." You're I, so you know, close. well, once every 38 years—that's cool. That's fine. But it just happened to be this year, so we were having lunch, and I thought, you know, I, I know that I was born somewhere in Orange County. But I always feel silly that I can't pinpoint a city and I can't even pinpoint a hospital. People know that stuff. I feel like I should know that. Having lunch with my mother, and I said, you know what? Uh, you're my mother. I, I, I hung out in your belly for like nine months once. And then, uh, and then you, know, you, you pushed me out during Why some... Why don't you write t- books about that? <laughs> that would probably be the science fiction novel that I'm terrified to write about. You should be terrified to write about that. And so I said, if, any, if there's only one person in the world, just one, mm-hmm. who could tell me where I was born... I'm having lunch with her. And so I said, yeah. hey, where, where was I born? And my mother paused, looked up, squinted her eyes a little bit, thought about it, said, I think, and by the way, first of all, if the answer starts with I think, <laughs> dot, dot, <laughs> I sort of think you were, and I was like, it was Orange County, right? She's like, yeah, 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 somewhere in Orange County. Um, and then I thought, well, what about the hospital? If we tell me the hospital, we'll Google it and we'll pinpoint the city. And she said, okay, the hospital. And then she paused <laughs> and she squinted and she said, hospital. I think you were born in, let me think, where were you? You know, we'll ask your dad later. And that's where we, and then hours later, lunch was over. I was hanging out by myself. I get a phone call, excited. For my mother telling me where I was born and what hospital, like she discovered it on her own, like she whatever. Oh, look at that! Um, and I don't even remember the answer, so I can't even tell you where I was born. West Anaheim, West Anaheim Hospital. Mm-hmm. West Anaheim Hospital. She's had like six months to figure it out. And do you remember the name of his pediatrician? Yes, Masaoka. Masaoka. Oh. Doctor Masaoka. He was my pediatrician. Too. So see, her skill is knowing the answers to questions that I don't have. Yeah, but the end. So that said, I was born there, but I have no memory of it. So I, I for all intents and purposes, I, I grew up. I grew up in Ranch Cucamonga. I grew up in the very house you guys are sitting in, uh, and so like this house and this general block, uh, this was pretty much like the only world that I knew uh, existed. So on the one hand, I could say that uh, I, I I set my books in Ranch Cucamonga as, as as an homage to my stomping grounds and where mm-hmm. I grew up. And because, you know, when I was a kid and I would watch TV and movies and nobody ever visited Rancho Cucamonga, and I developed, like, a complex. I'm like, how, right. how come nobody ever comes here? I want to write a book for the kid who wants to see his town in some form of popular media. That's the, always fun. The other answer yeah. is I, I have no idea what other cities look like. So uh, <laughs> No, but I know what you're talking about because uh, the Pee uh, Wee's Big Adventure yeah. is like that. Like, for my kids, they gr- they've grown up in Burbank, California. And the whole movie is shot in Burbank. And it's fun to like watch the movie and go, oh, that used to be whatever store mm-hmm. it is now, or you know. Really quickly, you have kids. 
<laughs> no, I don't. All right. I thought I, just, I, 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 I thought I finally had. Some... I have podcast kids. <laughs> the only. Uh, so let's have another question. Yes, over here. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, you know, yeah, Greg, go ahead and let uh, me and add to that because I actually was thinking of a, a somewhat something along that lines. On top of that, go ahead writing, and read the question for anybody who didn't quite. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right. What was your question again? <laughs> no, she she wants to know Dark Knight of the Soul. Uh, what was your? What do you? What, what do you do to cope with uh, the str- you know with having to come up with ideas to write? And I would I would add to that in the context of the vampire and the hunter series. It's a huge commitment. A thousand page a trilogy is a huge commitment. There must have been in the process as you were probably at eight hundred pages. <laughs> you must have been thinking to yourself, "Should I keep going with this? <laughs> Will people be interested?" Because I you know. So, and the answer to that is no. <laughs> well, that was your answer. You told me that. That was my answer. I, cause I, I texted you and I said, I'm, said a, not, I'm on page eight, 800. I am not interested. And you texted back, yeah, you should have stopped 750 pages ago. Yeah. That was, I still have the text. 725 Something like that. So uh, so as far as the, those days where the words just aren't. How do you do it? Um, well, on the one hand, I play a lot of Candy Crush. He plays a lot of Candy Crush. I, I feel like I'm like the last person playing, but I, I, I crush candy regularly. <laughs> I'm somewhere in the area of level 450-ish. I might be, if, I, I might be the last person playing, but I'm not going to stop. So I crush a lot of candy. But beyond that, I usually I'll just I'll, I'll sit there and I'll I'll force myself to write, even if it sounds terrible, even if it feels wrong, even if I know that these words aren't going to make it to the final draft. I'll just keep forcing them out with the optimism. Mm-hmm. If I force out enough terrible words, a good one's going to follow it up. And then once I get there, then uh, then I can kind of ride that trend and I can delete the other ones that nobody will, will ever see. And where's the proof of concept for that theory about eventually good words? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys picked that up. That was an insult. That was just a from joke. From my big brother. I tease. That's a, I'm a big see, brother. they, they thought you were asking a genuine host I was question. not a very genuine You were just being question. mean. I was being mean. Uh, but then you asked a question about, uh, say, getting to page 800, no, which yeah. is a good question. That was actually a fair I didn't expect that from as you. That a, was a good question. As a, as a you know, when you, as you, if you're a good artist, which you are. Thank you. I you, never know when to believe him, so I'm going to take it. That was not a mean insult. <laughs> you do deal with, you have to deal with some sort of insecurity because that's what makes you good at what you do. Oh, sure, racked by that it. That sensitivity is what you bring to you. I heart. can, well, I, I can start with this. I'll, I'll go back for, I'll, with Inside the Outside. When I was working on Inside the Outside, um, I was really excited about it. I was really passionate about it. But more than once, I'd be at the computer in the middle of something that I felt was like going really well, and then I'd kind of stop, and I'd think to myself, nobody asked for this book. Nope, no, but nobody asked me to write a book. There's nobody waiting for that, this book. Which was exactly what I thought when the manuscript showed up at my house. <laughs> and I read it, and I was like, and it was great. I got halfway through, and then it's like he knew I got halfway through. He calls me up, and he says, where are you in the manuscript? I said, I'm about halfway. And he goes, stop. I said, what? He goes, I'm changing everything from there on out. You know what's funny? I thought, I thought you were about to make a joke. That actually no, no, really no. Happened. That's actually true. That was actually true. That happened. I forgot about that. Yeah, I literally... So something clicked with you. So, so with Inside the Outside, ultimately, it was... I, because it was my first book, the only thing that got me through it was 
was the uh, was was I was just this a burning passion to to be an author, and I figured I I'll finish this book and I'll put it out into the world and somebody will hopefully read. Like I knew even though my mom couldn't tell me where I was born, <laughs> I knew I knew that she would read it and buy it, and I suspected if I if I was diligent enough at least somebody else would read it and buy it. But that was a tough one to get through. But then I got through it, and um, to my absolute astonishment, um, a lot of people liked it, and it, and it did very well. And, and it so, was an excellent book, right? I, I, yeah. Derek, oh. inside the outside. I had a pausing. I never know if he's about to shit on me, oh, so I had to, I had to yeah, give it a I second. <laughs> I got to keep him guessing. Um, and so, so the nice thing and the luxury that I had with Inside the Outside is that um, I, I, I developed essentially a, a readership. So there was a lot of really nice people, uh, a lot of them in America, some people around the world, and some of my. It's even weird to say out loud, but some of some of my biggest fans are people in like Canada and France and Italy and the UK and just literally places in the world that I've never stepped foot. People are right inside the outside, and, and they loved it. So when I started the next project, on the one hand, I had the luxury of people there's at least there's at least some collection of people who know what i do you have a built-in audience they like what i'm doing and so if i write another book they're probably going to be interested in it so on mm -hmm. the one hand i had that but then what i discovered once i started writing it was this really occasionally crippling pressure of they liked that book so much mm. what if i totally mess up this next book like they think i know what i'm doing mm -hmm. they think oh i really like this first book because the first book Definitely gives you the impression that you know, that what, I know you're doing. what I'm doing. Yeah. So they're like, I can't wait for the next book. And in my head, I'm thinking to, to myself, they, they're probably thinking, I can't wait for the next book. And I'm like, I've got to write this book. And I don't know if it's any good. You've got to write the book that they can't wait for. <laughs> yeah. So now so, so I, so I, I discovered a new pressure with Inside the Outside. Who's, who wants to read this book? With the Vampire Trilogy, they already think that there's this really wonderful book they're going to love. And it doesn't exist yet. And I have to write it. And hope it's good enough that they're not going to be disappointed with it. So, uh, so, so in that, so in that sense, knowing that there's people waiting for it helps me get through those times. But then the crippling fear of, uh, of, of is is this good enough? Should I start something else? You know, I, I think, and I suspect as I work on the next book that I'm working on now, I'll probably discover new insecurities and fear that I didn't know existed until till that one comes out. And, and if you can't find them, I will supply them. Absolutely, because <laughs> that's what big brothers I'm do. I'm counting I, on you. We have for a question it. from Aunt Shirley. Do you expect that any of your projects, any of your novels will become movies? Uh, I can answer that in a couple ways. I can answer it first. I absolutely expect everything I do is going to become a movie. <laughs> And this you, podcast included. Yeah, this, this podcast, episode, this particular this episode. Is, you know, one day you'll see the movie version of this podcast, yeah. and you'll be blown away. Um, you could also replace the word expect with, with hope. I hope one day these things will become movies or TV shows. Um, I, I, I can sort of speak cryptically and say that um, I've, I've talked to people who, uh, who are fans of, of my writing and have, have, uh, have ambitions of, of, of using their, their place in the movie and television world to help uh, potentially turn my writing into movies or, or television. But that said, um, I also I, I can also say that there's nothing immediately happening right now. Um, so I, I hope for it to happen one day. And I do know because of conversations that I've had 
that there are people with a certain amount of influence who, who are interested. So hopefully, of course, there, there's a lot of people who, who can say that and nothing ever happened to you. So. That answer must have been very satisfying. For I you. hope. <laughs> In fact, yes. you know what? Just for what? the sake of you, absolutely. Yes. It's definitely. coming soon, I hope. Coming soon. Coming right up. Yes. Go ahead, Greg. I mean, Me? Repeat her question. Oh, d- Martin, do you think that you can turn them into screenplays? Is such a thing even possible? Uh, <laughs> I love editorializing I the know. questions. Don't worry. He, w- he wasn't translating you. He was just giving it like the big no, brother. No, this is my spin. Yeah. It's like a game of telephone. That was the big brother. You asked the question and it goes for me. Uh, yes. All the, 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 the tricky thing with novels is that if you were going to if you were going to um, adapt a novel and you were going to adapt it faithfully into a movie, it'd be like a 12-hour movie, which is why very oftentimes you see a, a book and then a movie's based on it. You watch it and you think, oh, that was cool, but they left out a whole bunch of stuff, and it's usually by necessity. So uh, so a couple of years ago, uh, Greg and I sat down for several weeks in a row, and we were... <laughs> uh, Months in a row. Does that sound better? Months. It was months. It was years. Months. We yeah, plug in a long time. months, and we, we started working on a on a screenplay adaptation of Inside the Outside, mm-hmm. and it was a uh, it, it was a lot of fun, and we were making a lot of headway on it. And then, if I if I remember correctly, and I'll give you a spoiler: we have fifty very exciting pages, fifty written. stellar pages that nobody's produced, but they exist right, on right. Greg's computer somewhere. It, it is amazing. So so on the one hand, we we started the process of it. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, you could probably correct me on this. I think I was just, I was, I was kind of getting my, 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 my feet set on the vampire. No, no, no. You were, you were, yeah, definitely already starting the vampire. So that probably derailed So his attentions were split and, uh, and we decided we did want to write it together. So, uh, it's been kind of waiting for the time and, uh, I did. He didn't tell me he was writing a trilogy at the time, so I didn't. <laughs> I was like, "Just give me. I'm I'm writing. Give something. me a week." He thought it was going to be. In yeah, fact, yeah. he's still waiting for the phone call that I'm available to to get back <laughs> yeah, to yeah. get back to work. But but there is some there are some really great pages written, and but the cool thing about that, if I do you mind, by all I, means, I won't share too much. But um, we've actually we had a meeting with someone and we talked about the possibility of expanding it not just into a feature but into like an event series so a multi-episode uh thing which would allow us to because in the process of outlining inside the outside we uh we discovered some really interesting story points that we wanted to explore some more and characters that uh don't have as big yeah, of a like things that weren't in the book some of the characters aren't even in the book but some characters that are in the book that i think everybody would love to know more about um, and so that allow, that idea we were very excited about because it allows us the uh, the opportunity to go and give those characters more more of a moment and uh, and make the story that much more rich. Yeah, and the other thing that I can say as far as that question goes is when I like I, I even like I love books and and I love reading, but in terms of uh, storytelling, my favorite medium is probably television. It's a, it's a toss up between television and movies, but if you twisted my arm said I could only watch one thing. I, I love a really great television series, which, which I kind of view a good television series sort of like a novel. It's long form, and it's got every episode's kind of a chapter. So when I write, I, I, I very much write almost like I'm writing a television series, and like I, I sort of see it in terms of episodes and these character arcs that, you know, that, uh, that they're all going to have payoff. They're all going to kind of extend a certain way. And even the, in the writing itself, 
when I'm writing, I, I'll, I, I, can, I can basically see the, the television show or the movie in my head, and then I just, you know, I basically try to describe the show I see in my head. When, like, I know a lot of writers, uh, they, they focus a lot more on, this sounds stupid, they focus more on the words, obviously, it's writing, and they write these really beautiful words and sentences, and, and I love that writing. I don't know exactly if I do that, but but what I do feel comfortable doing is I can very clearly see the characters and the action. I can see things unfolding, and then I write I write the books in such a way that I'm just sort of finding just the right words to paint the picture of these scenes. And so over the years, one of my one of the the best compliments that I enjoy receiving is if somebody tells me, you know, um, I can see this as a movie, or I can see this as a TV show, or I, you know, I could when you know the stuff that you were writing, I could see it happening. Uh, as if it was, as if it was, you know, a movie, and I love that because I mean that's generally what I'm going for. So, so as, as far as that goes, I do feel like the books um, can translate into into screenplays pretty pretty efficiently if somebody was motivated to do it, whether it's Greg and myself or somebody who just wants to take it on themselves and pay me a lot of money to do it. <laughs> and we had a question up uh, front. <laughs> have you have you ever have you ever thought of uh, <laughs> have you ever thought of uh, incorporating yourself as a character in a novel? Uh, I, I believe the answer to that is obviously yes, absolutely yes. The one piece missing is is a Martin character. Now, on the one hand, I can say that um, to a large degree, the character that I write about they they sort of serve as proxies on some level, like. A lot of my characters probably represent some part of my brain or personality in some form or fashion. So in that way, I do end up in my books a lot. But as far as putting myself in there specifically, um, well, one of, one of my very favorite authors, his, his name is Tom Robbins, and I forget which of his books it was, but he had a book where a character named Tom Robbins turned up in the book, and I really, really loved that. And I and it was always in the back of my head. And I don't I don't necessarily have... A place for it. the closest I came was actually this vampire trilogy, because uh, one of the main characters, like in the first book, the vampire, the hunter, and the girl. You're the girl. That's actually true. Well, <laughs> in a way, I'm all the characters. But the girl, her name is Olivia, and she's an author, and she's working on a vampire trilogy. And so what I did with her is a lot of the frustrations and insecurities that I felt while I was working on the trilogy, I kind of infused into her. So if in the trilogy you see her feeling scared or insecure or not sure how she's supposed to do something, at that point, that was probably me literally having no idea what to do and kind of exercising that through her, her brain and her mouth. So I kind of did it like that. But I, I do like um, the sort of, I don't know if it would be, be considered postmodern. I, I like throwing around postmodern. I never know if do I'm Do you know what it means? Cr- no. Because I have point. no idea either. I barely know what it means, but I, I know if you use postmodern in a sentence, people, people think love you're, it. They think you're like 10% smarter they than you actually it. are. Yeah. So, but I, but I think if I included myself in a book, it would be like a postmodern thing. Mm, so I, now I, I get it. I like that idea, and I probably will. In fact, you know what? So long as we're talking about it, if we're all in on it, maybe a Martin character goes to the circus, and my, and maybe, maybe he's like in the audience or something. Mm-hmm. That might happen, and if it does, I'll, you'll get credit for it. Excellent. <laughs> Good. A short, a short that's related to the. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Anybody else? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Look at that. Our mother has a question for you. Since I delivered you December 9th mm-hmm. at West Anaheim. West Anaheim. On a glorious day in the middle of December. Mm-hmm. 
the you, miracle was. Yeah. Do you envision your mother in one of your movies? <laughs> <laughs> so your mother wants to know <laughs> if you envision your mother in any of your movies. <laughs> Yeah, and for those of you who aren't watching, she put movies in quotation marks. She that was not even that was her. She's quote. not yeah, that hurts. Finger quotes on movies, but she didn't even. She skipped novels. Yeah, she went <laughs> no. Forget the novel. The adaptations is all. She yeah, Martin Scorsese puts his mother. Martin Scorsese puts his mother. She is in all the movies. And and, and believe me, I hear that every day. <laughs> I, I, I know. But now I want it recorded. Yeah, now it's on audio record. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you should I, do a clip show of all of her podcast interruptions. I'd cut it if you give me twenty bucks. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I pay Anthony the big bucks for. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I can I can answer that in a couple of ways. Um, my mother, Kathy, she she was in my first book, Inside the Outside. So if you read Inside the Outside, and you got to the part where uh, where Timber Marlowe and Luscious they were eating at Kathy's diner, and 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 there was a very kind waitress named Kathy who uh, took a liking to Timber. That character was uh, that was based on my mother. She didn't know. I didn't tell her she was in the book, so she was she was uh, you know she was just reading. In fact, you know what? You want to tell this story really quickly? Yeah. Well, well, come to the microphone. Oh, yeah, really? this is this is exciting. Why not? Let's hear it for our mother, Kathy. <laughs> come into the microphone. So, so lean in and tell your story. Okay. All the way. So, when I started reading the book, of course, I knew Martin wrote it, but as I was reading it, I honestly forgot that it was his book, and I was enjoying it so much. And so when I was reading, I said, oh, Kathy's Diner, wow. And it's even spelled with a K. That's like my name. And so I kept reading it. And then all of a sudden, Kathy started talking, and I thought, she sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, it is me. And I just started crying. I was by myself. Nobody could even see me, but I was crying and crying. I said, it is me. (laughs) But I don't think they would put that in a movie. Kathy's Diner, although no. I'm encouraging you to do that. That's, not, that's like a real Scarlett O'Hara moment. <laughs> <laughs> it is me. <laughs> uh, As God is my witness. <laughs> so, but, but the other thing is, and, and she didn't tell you, so I'll tell you, she has been featured on, on, on television, on networks such as NBC, as you were an extra. She didn't have any lines, but she was, she was the best goddamn extra you've ever seen. <laughs> Mm-hmm. In fact, can you? Uh, what was you were on two shows? What were where were they? Uh, Southland. Southland. And, um, it was like Law and Order LA. Law and Order LA. What did the, that did that show get canceled? I don't know. Is it yeah. still on? Is that was. If it, okay, good. If it get, I was gonna I was gonna tell you it wasn't your fault if it got canceled. No, no. Um, those did those shows are like back? cockroaches <laughs> or Keith Richards. They but just no, don't, they called they just don't stop. Yeah, so she was, she was, you were, it was like a funeral, and you were hanging out, it was like, you were, I think you were, it was like the, like the, it was the part where everybody's hanging out, and eating it, and like talking, and I think she was supposed to be on camera for a second, and walk that way, and if you can't tell already by how quickly she got into the podcast, she said, get off camera, not me, no, (laughs) yeah, come on back, yeah, see, see how easy that was? So the director said, okay, so, you know, after this scene, I want you to walk straight and, you know, go through the gate, and then the scene is over. And I said, oh, okay. So I said, it happened so fast that it was over. He said, go straight. And I saw people on the side. I said, oh, I'm not getting off this camera. So I went and mingled with them. (laughs) 
And then, you know, the guy said, oh, have you done this before? I said, no. I said, I was supposed to get off the, the camera, but I'm over here. <laughs> but they called me back again, so I guess they didn't mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't mess with it. Well, yeah, if you, have a t if you want an extra who won't go away, yeah, you've got her. <laughs> She's the one. She's going to find herself. Does so, anyone have any questions for our mother? <laughs> How many hours of labor was that? <laughs> she could tell you that. She couldn't tell you why hospital, but she'll tell you how many hours it took to, to, to push me yeah. out. It didn't work because I wanted to eat it just before I came out. So, yeah, so, uh, so you'll, 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 you'll be in the, the, the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, why not? So, speaking of, so, okay, so movies. Let's, uh, let's get to the crux of this matter. Okay. Cast... The Vampire in the Hunter series. Who's starring? That's Meryl Streep's out because, <laughs> for obvious reasons. We, yeah, because she got pushed she out got of the podcast. Out, she's yeah. not going to return our calls she for a little is, while yeah. because of, that's she's got to cool down a little bit. That's a tricky one. Um, well, here's what I'll do. On the one hand, it's going to kill kill some time so I can think about this. I, I can run down the main characters though. Please do. There's a so. So if, the first book is The Vampire, The Hunter, and The Girl, but that title also represents the three primary characters. So the vampire, he's, his name is Adam. Um, he was 30 years old as a human when he became a vampire. He's been a vampire for 30 years. So if he were human, he'd be 60, but if you met him, he still looks like a 30-year-old. Uh, the hunter, I told you, is Jesus, the Mexican vampire hunter. Uh, and then the girl, her name, is, her name is Olivia. And the reason this is a tricky question is I don't, in, in a lot of ways, I don't my, my characters they're they're a little bit faceless. Like I don't necessarily see actors often. But um, how about this? So for Adam, I, I I don't think I would go. Let's see if he's thirty something. He's a how how's about and uh, oh you know what? How about Ryan Gosling? Okay, Ryan Gosling. Primarily because uh, or oh you know what? Uh, okay, also. Dracula. He, he Dracula actually plays a plays a role, a very important role in the book. Which, if if I'm using postmodern correctly, I was using Dracula in a postmodern form. In fact, here's something I, I could tell you about the book, and this will kill more time while I try to think mm -hmm. of an answer. Is um, I, I did consider this a postmodern vampire novel. Postmodern. If, if I was using postmodern yeah. correctly, in the way that I was thinking of it as postmodern, mm. um, all the characters in the book were they've seen all the same vampire movies that I've seen. Um, they've, they've, you know, they've read Dracula. The book Dracula exists, but there's also the character of Dracula in the book. And so the, so my version of Dracula, he's read Bram Stoker's Dracula and he thinks it's all right. He likes it enough. He just, you know, his name, he liked that the fact that the book was named after him, but he's not in the book very much. So that's the only thing he didn't really like about it. He loves the Bela Lugosi movies because he's, he's, uh, is, is that the right actor? I feel like I'm getting that wrong. Yeah, you're good. Oh, thank goodness. Um, because he's sort of handsome and romantic. He didn't really like the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula because he was sort of like wrinkly and, and old, and he didn't like that version of himself. So my Dracula, he's seen all the Dracula movies. Um, my, my character, Olivia, she's a writer. So part of her inspiration, she loves Buffy the Vampire Slayer like me. Uh, she likes True Blood. So she wants to write, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't know vampires exist until she meets the vampire, you know, Adam. Um, so that said... Uh, Olivia, who is she? Olivia? Caster. Uh, Quick. How, um, what's her face? Drew Barrymore. No, I love Drew Barrymore. Meryl Streep. Close. No, can't. Meryl Streep's out. Who's the girl that I, she's in Superbad, she's in, uh, she's Emma in. Stone? Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Let's hear it She'd be a good Olivia. Stone. Yeah, she's going to be on the show in, well, never probably. I'll try to get her on the show though. <laughs> so Emma Stone is Olivia. 
Um, let's see. We cast Ryan Gosling. That's mostly Gosling for my mom because she. Like, they she, love working together too. Do they? Oh, they're going to be in a new musical. Perfect. Perfect. Together. Um, let me think. The vampire. Uh, hey, Suze. Who plays Hey, Suze? Um, hey, Suze. You haven't told us yet. I know. That uh, was the question. Can I? Can I, I double? This is. Let me. Let me just. How does this work? A host asks the question. Yeah. You answer the question. Uh huh. So it's on you. Right. Hey, Zeus is all on you. Who is it? Oh, goodness. How's about? Uh, did, did, did I cast Matthew McConaughey yet? No. That, not not Matthew. No, I have to, because by the way, and this is me stalling again. My mm-hmm. mother. I don't know if you know this about her. Just a huge, gargantuan teenage crush on Matthew McConaughey, or she calls him. Matthew McConaughey, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Just the mention that he might possibly one day be in a movie based on a book. She, like, you know, he has like those car commercials. If, 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 you know, if we're watching TV and she's in the other room, it's like, oh, Matthew's on TV. She flies in like it's the Beatles on Edward Ed Sullivan. Oh, she loves him. Um, So for for the sake of uh, my mother, he would probably be a good Dracula. I have no idea. But yeah, Matthew McConaughey, uh, I would. I, I love Robert Downey Jr. He's he's not Mexican, but you know I'll, he he can do anything. So you know what he'll 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 be my Mexican vampire hunter. Well, yeah. The thing is, keep him in your back pocket because uh-huh. he can do anything. He did Charlie Chaplin, so he does all the acrobatic stuff. Yes. Circus movie. Oh, Save him crap. For the circus movie. You're right. Yeah, because I could cast him in anything I want. Is that the point you're making? for you, I'm sure. All right. So okay. Let's Banderas, man. Who? Antonio Banderas. Antonio oh, Banderas. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's why not? Spanish. If we can get uh, if we can get the DeLorean and go back about thirty years, absolutely. He'd be ideal. He yeah, still looks good. He looks are you kidding? He looks, he looks great. great. Let's talk about how good he looks. If you got Antonio Banderas and Matthew McConaughey in the same movie, oh my, my God. mother's head would explode. <laughs> don't even be in the same room. Here's the thing. I don't I, even want to be in the same room just talking I, about I that know, prospect. I know my dad's around here somewhere, and so he probably knows this. Um, Matthew McConaughey is, he's number one on what we'll call the list. Oh, we know what the list is. You guys know what the list is. And so I'm sure my father knows very well that if Matthew McConaughey crossed paths with my mother. No, wait, is it the kind of list that she just wants, or is it the kind of list that he signed off on? Like, okay, if you're out of town, you run into Matthew McConaughey, fine. I th- Go I think, ahead and have coffee. I think he would prefer that list, but I think he kind of knows if Matthew McConaughey walks in the room, mm. all bets are off. All right. <laughs> He's holding the camera. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he, he, he used to be a wedding photographer, my dad, so yeah, he could do that. <laughs> Don't picture that. Uh, too you want to get to sleep too tonight. Late. All right, so um, I, if, you, if you've been following... <laughs> oh, okay. So if you've been following the podcast, uh, Martin's been leading up to something. He's been teasing this for, for a while now, and it's all secretive. You know, big things are happening. You know, what's going on with what... What's going on in your life that you find so fascinating... <laughs> That you're just dragging this out. Enough already. It is announcement time, Martin. All right. Tell us what's going on. Well, now. I, well, right now, I, on the podcast, share with your audience what's the big thing that's happening in uh, your life. <laughs> so tomorrow morning, uh, my, my occasional co-host slash 
newlywed bride and I uh, are moving to Las Vegas. Slow clap. We are gonna, we are gonna be <laughs> we're, so so starting tomorrow we're gonna be citizens of uh, of, of Las, ne- Las Vegas Nevada. Um, she's gonna be a showgirl. I'm gonna become a blackjack player, and we're just gonna figure it out from there. And really, the only thing that's changed is geography. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she'll still be a showgirl. I still don't know how to play blackjack. Nothing's changing. Except we're, we're so, crossing state lines. So what led you to Vegas? I mean, everybody, anybody who follows the show knows that they can't shut up about it. They <laughs> love going to Vegas. We do. They love talking about going to Vegas. There's a series of episodes called the Las Vegas Chronicles. Don't I know it? Don't yeah. I know it? And so what? It okay. couldn't just be that you enjoy going there. What was it? That, what was the draw of Las Vegas? Uh, well, Chanel had dreams of from of being a showgirl from the time she was mm. a little girl. Um, she has an extensive collection of pasties that she thought, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's time. Yeah, what am I doing it's with It's time these? I put these to use. Yeah. And, Outside uh, of the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, you know what? You've got all the pasties. You've, you know, you've, you've worked out, you know, you've, you know, you've, you've brought the neighbors and you worked out all the, all the choreography, uh, without me there, which was awkward, but they said she was great. <laughs> they, they said that she was wonderful. She passed the audition. Uh, well, I, I can say that because Chanel is a, is a regular contributor on the show and her voice is heard uh, a lot on the show, uh, Chanel, uh, she's, she actually, Chanel got a, a really wonderful uh, job offer that, that happens to be in Las Vegas. Uh, as of this recording, she got the job offer two weeks ago. And so, and so they, they asked if she, you know, if she could start in two weeks. And we, we looked at each other like we were like characters in a Scooby-Doo cartoon and our eyes got really big. Mm. And we were like, holy shit, two weeks. Can we, that sounds, is that possible? We've never done that before. Mm-hmm. But then we thought, you know, as a couple of uh, newlyweds who've been, uh, we've been, uh, in fact, you know what? Our, uh, our, our one-year wedding anniversary is uh, one week from today. It's just it's coming up. Yeah. yeah, believe that. Fine, we'll clap for that. Why not? Why not? Yeah, we got uh, married on November 7th, 2014. And if you didn't already know, by the time we got married, we'd been together for 15 years. So it was like old hat. We just thought, you know, let's, let's get... And we got married in Vegas. So act- and I, I believe old hat is your favorite sexual position. Yes. Too. Yeah. Old hat. Well, th- that's what Matthew McConaughey told me. About whatever. And uh, so we got married last year in Las Vegas. Elvis married us, and he sang a couple of songs. It was delightful. So just as as things kind of worked out, just completely by happenstance, um, we'll be in Las. Our first week in Las Vegas, will our first anniversary will be the place that we that we got married. But we 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 met and started dating and fell in love in 1999. So so the marriage was just like it was an excuse to go to Vegas, as you said. Oh yeah, we were running. That's out how of, I thought of it. We ran out of excuses, so we thought, why not get married? So anyway, that said, uh, uh, you know, Chanel kind of caught wind of a, of some potential employment opportunities, so we started investigating them. Mm-hmm. So on the, on the Las Vegas Chronicles, uh, at least the last couple, if you've heard any of them, we were recording in Las Vegas, and we were being cryptic because we didn't know what was going to happen, so we, went, we didn't say what we were doing there. And even when we were recording, we had no idea if anything was going to happen. So like, if nothing happened, we didn't want to look silly by saying all these big plans and then nothing happened. And so, so Chanel, those of you who know her, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. She's brilliant, and she's talented, and she's wonderful, and I, I'm... I, I got lucky that I found her before anybody else found her, um, and so she's all these wonderful things. So it didn't just—it didn't surprise me in the least that uh, that this amazing company in Las Vegas wanted her services. And both as the excited and loyal and dutiful husband, I said, "Well, let's go. I'll follow you." 
So, uh, so I'm going to write Chanel's coattails for a little while. I'll work on my circus book. And uh, Chanel will flourish as she does, and I'll work on the circus book. And, uh, and, I, and I, I, maybe I'll learn how to play blackjack. In fact, this is, this is funny. Once we knew for sure we were moving, I said, you know, maybe this is a good excuse that uh, we can take some classes on how to like play blackjack and craft. That'll be fun. I barely finished the sentence. She, she gave me a look that I, I, I didn't know the look existed before we got married. But but once 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 the the ink dried and we had marriage certificates, I, I this is the look, I got the look you know what it is, and 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 she said uh, she's like you know me you know I can't do that right and I, and I thought she was playing around and she's like you realize if I if I learn how to play even one game, I'm gonna have a gambling problem and we're gonna be broke. <laughs> it's gonna be Candy Crush all yeah. over again. Yeah, and so. So the fact that she doesn't know how to gamble is by design, I learned. <laughs> because if she learned how to gamble, we, the next year this would be a whole different episode. So, <laughs> And I want to host that one. Yeah. I want to ask so, some questions. So this, questions. so this became like an impromptu going away party. You didn't know about it, but yeah. You had no idea. Yeah. So tomorrow morning, uh, this time tomorrow, we'll be in Las Vegas. All right. So, so how does that affect us how does it affect the podcast uh all of the good acts have left left vegas <laughs> so you're not gonna find great guests there right uh the the podcast well the podcast specifically well you and i i'm talking to to, to my to, to great you guys can see me but i'm always thinking about people listening they have no idea who i'm talking mm. to for a change. For, for a change. Uh, we've actually developed um, an ability to sit down. A, a couple of weeks ago, Greg and I, I wanted, I've been wanting to have him on the podcast for well over a year. Because I've been, because like, this is episode 100. Uh, the first episode aired in January of 2014, so it's going on two years. And I knew I'd have fun with him on the show. We just couldn't quite sing things together. So we finally got together, and we were going to record like an hour episode. And five hours later, we thought, I think we've got enough footage. <laughs> like, literally recorded five hours. So, so in your case, I'll come back and visit. We'll record about five or six episodes in one oh, sitting, nice. and that'll be good. good. Um, as far as guests go, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like, I have, like, like in the audience, my, my friend Tammy's in the audience. She's an author. Okay. Uh, uh, she's a, an award-winning author. Where she's are you, also Tammy? Tammy? Let's hear it for Tammy. Tammy, Tammy Sawyer. Science fiction author, award-winning author. She's been a guest on the show. Is there any chance, Tammy, that you happen to know that what episode you were on? Because I feel like I should know that. 64. Oh, thank goodness. Tammy was on episode 64, and I can tell you guys, even if she wasn't here, I, I could tell you this. Her episode is, just in terms of how many people listen to it, it's like the, the second most popular episode I've ever done. Wow. So, 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 check out, so check out Tammy. She's great. And um, so uh, I was probably going somewhere with that. I'll, I'll come back and visit. I'll, or, in fact, you know what? It's just a good excuse to get Tammy at, uh, to, to visit Las Vegas with her boyfriend. So to recap, the answer to your question is you haven't thought about it. I have not thought about it. <laughs> I assumed everybody was going to follow me out. No, we are and all not the people, following you to Vegas. And all the people but, that I talked to would go. But why? I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> you can go, Anthony. Anthony can go to Vegas. But why, uh, why Vegas? Why not Amazon.com? Because... <laughs> You love to talk about Amazon.com. Well, yeah. Amazon.com is wonderful. Because here's the thing. Okay. Amazon.com, mm -hmm. not only does it have everything you need. It's got everything I need. It's got books. It's got movies. You can buy a Snickers bar. Yeah. We recently, Chanel and I recently learned you can buy bath towels on Amazon.com. Mm -hmm. You can do a baby registry on Amazon.com. Why not? But more than that, 
if you wanted to support my podcast, here's the beautiful thing. Uh, it, you can go to, it, go to the official website of this of this podcast, which you'll find. The at, Martin Lestrap Show Podcast Hour, the official website? The official website. How of, do I find it? Go to martinlestrapshow.com. Okay. It's a real website. I, I, I own the name. Go check it out. martinlestrapshow.com. Then what? When you get there, go to the shop page. Once you get to the shop page, you're going to see an Amazon banner. Mm-hmm. Click on that banner. It's going to take you to Amazon. Once you get to Amazon, you can do all the same shopping you were otherwise going to do. Wait a minute. You're saying that I can do I can shop as normal? Absolutely. And then what? I'm going to give you four examples. You could buy Inside the Outside. I might buy that. You could buy The Vampire, The Hunter, and The Girl. Probably not. You could buy The Vampire, The Hunter, and The Witch. Yeah. And, <laughs> and as of today, available today, yeah. The Vampire, The Hunter, and Frank. Oh. Okay, so they okay, good. You like that one? Okay, you can I'll buy, buy that all, one. All four I'll of those. I'll start books. with the third one. If I like that one, I'll move backwards. Now, here's the good news. Yeah, Gregory, mm-hmm. you you buy those books. You buy them for exactly what Amazon says they cost. Right. And here's the deal. Oh wait, I'm going to end up paying more. No, aren't I? no, no, no. That's what I was getting at. What? There's no extra charge. You just bought. It's the exact same shopping experience. So it's exactly the same. But here's the benefit. Hmm. Because you went through the official website of this podcast, yeah. Amazon in turn kicks a few pennies back our way shut the front and then we get to take those pennies and reinvest them into this show and we get to make this show as good as we can possibly make it that's how i pay anthony and by the way anthony don't tell them how you haven't gotten paid yet (laughs) in fact if you want anthony to get paid go to amazon (laughs) through the website and then uh, then i can send some pennies anthony's way please okay and then there's (laughs) but there there is there a quarterly report so we can see exactly how you're spending the money (laughs) Uh, I'll tell you exactly how I spend. Don't you worry about it. Okay, it's good. going. Yeah, like when I say because with Chanel's new hobby, <laughs> I'm a little concerned. Yeah, I mean, you know, let, let, there might be a few pennies here and there going to to to, to you know to pasties and and, and fringe. <laughs> but other than that, you know, if we talk about it on the show, then yeah, it became part of the show. That's amazing. Okay, so <laughs> Amazon.com. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm sick of talking to you. <laughs> I'm sick of talking to you. I'm sicker of talking to you, but I've loved, enjoy, I've been, really enjoyed talking to him in front of you. Aww. Let's hear it for you guys. You're an amazing audience. <laughs> and uh, being a big brother aside, you were a marvelous guest. I, I really did enjoy sitting down with you and uh, putting you uh, on the spot. I see. I, I had to wait just a second, but I believe you and believe thank it. you. Believe it, baby. Believe it. <laughs> and this is where. We hear the closing theme. Any minute now. Any minute. You're going to hear the familiar. Who wrote the the music is amazing on this show. My big brother wrote all the music that you hear on the show. At, wait, every episode of the Martin Lestrap Show podcast hour, I wrote the music. Well, not all of them, but the, but the theme song in this song you, you wrote. Let's listen to it. All right. This listen to good. it. And until next time. I like that part. Until next time. I'll see you guys on the other side. Have a good evening and a happy Halloween. Merry Christmas.